Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Welcome to the Beers and Ears Battle Dome. Two podcasters enter, two hopefully leave, because <laughs> that would be bad if one didn't leave. My name is Matt. And apparently my name is Casey. <laughs> So uh, we have a episode that we have teased, I want to say, a couple times. On... Yeah, this has been a few months in, in, in counting, I think, uh, at least. Uh, I think this dates back to August, maybe, probably. I mean, this is definitely pre-Infinity Saga series, so mm-hmm. um, at, at least a month, where I made an offhand comment. Um, I want to say it was the Cars episode that I made this offhand comment about... Finding Nemo being better than Finding Dory, and you said, "Oh, I don't think so." No, and, no, 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 no. I do believe it was the other way around. We were talking about something, and you mentioned Finding Nemo, and I said, "Well, clearly, Finding Dory is the better of the two movies." And you were like, "What? We're going to have to explore that later, or something like that." Yes. So <laughs> we shelved that, and then when we were doing episodes, we're like, "Okay, we have to do this because we've been teasing it for uh, for uh, two months now." So yes, we are doing a. I guess you could argue this is a an offshoot of a convince me yeah. episode. Yeah, that sounds uh, about right. It's it's you're going to try to convince me why you think Finding Nemo is better, and I'm going to try to convince you why I believe Finding Dory is clearly the far superior movie or just movie. Just saying, just saying, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and as of course, after we give our arguments, we're going to do a debate style, so we're going to do it kind of point by point. Um, you know, a lot of times with convince me's, we'll do like all of our points in one and then have some, the other person will rebuttal, but, uh, we didn't want any of the points kind of getting lost. And so kind of do a pseudo debate. Uh, it's going to be less formal, but, uh, you know, someone will tell their point and then there'll be a little bit of a rebuttal and then we'll move on to the next point and so, so on and so forth. And then, uh, you know, on all of our socials, we're going to throw up a poll, finding Nemo or finding Dory. So, uh, let your voice be heard on this, especially if you've listened to the episode, it, it, we, we would like to know if any, either of us changed your mind on your answer. Fair enough. Now, all I do ask, all I do ask, since we're having a debate, let me talk. Don't, don't talk over me during my two minutes. Okay. Just saying, just saying. Hang on, do um, do do we have the ac- do we have access to mute each on the program we're using? Oh, I don't think we can. Ah, oh, gee, dang it! I, I, I can mute you. I don't know if you can. Mute me, so <laughs> I'm just saying, I can I, I can like right now. I I just hit mute and Matt can't talk right now because he's on mute. But if I really wanted to mute him, I could. But I'm gonna unmute him right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that in the past, not for nefarious purposes, but like when when like someone's background noise. I think we had someone on whose dog was barking once, and I had to had to mute them because I could hear their dog, but I think we're okay. I think, I don't, I don't think we're going to bring dishonor, dishonor on you or dishonor on our cows at all. So no. Um, and and I will say the nice thing about, this is the best kind of debate because I'm going to say this right out on the bat. These, both of these movies are, are pure gold. Like the argument is not that one of these movies is bad. (laughs) Correct. I, I would agree that they're not bad. I don't think Finding Nemo's as gold as you do, but we'll get there. So uh, I, I think it's good. I just don't think it's great. But yes, we'll, we'll get there. I agree. It's a good debate. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I texted Matt last night when I got done because I watched him in a row. I watched Finding Nemo and immediately after watched Finding Dory. And I texted Matt. I'm like, oh, yeah, Finding Dory is clearly superior. But 
let's get into it. So can I start here? I I have to ask you this question. You've said many times on this podcast that you are a sequels junkie. And I'm curious, like, why? That actually is built into two of my arguments. So we're going to get there, actually. I, ah, I have, okay. Ooh, in fact, it is, it is argument um, point number one and point number four that I'm going to get to that help build that for me. So stay tuned. <laughs> okay. All so, right. Well, I I'm, think, I'm, honestly, you asked the question. So do you want me to start with my point number one? Go for it. Okay. So one of the reasons why... I am a sequels junkie, and one of the reasons why I feel that Finding Dory is a far superior movie compared to Finding Nemo is that with sequels, including Finding Dory, you don't need the buildup of the background. You don't need the exposition. Finding Dory has very little exposition to start. You get just a brief little snippet of when she's when she's baby Dory and she's there with Jenny and Charlie and it almost immediately I'm talking within minutes within like two or three minutes butts right into the story of Finding Nemo and you pick right back up where you left off and there's very little exposition you already know these characters you know Dory has short-term memory loss you know that Nemo uh kind of resents his dad a little bit you know that Marlin is the cranky old guy and you know who you know Mr. Ray is and all the kids are you don't need the exposition that you need with Finding Nemo Finding Nemo I found myself yawning at the exposition yesterday when they got coral and, you know, she's carrier, you know, she's worried about the kids and you know, the, the, the little sword shark or whatever that tries to eat them, that eats her and everything like that part. I, I, it was boring to me. I don't like the exposition of first movies. And so that is one of the reasons why I like sequels. Okay. It makes sense. Um, I mean, we talked about this, not to belabor an MCU fact, but we talked about this in our MCU, the Infinity Saga series, where part of the reason why movies 20 through 22 are so epic is because we don't have as much of the character exposition because we've already done that over those movies. So I I, I get that. I, I do think, though, the exposition in Finding Nemo doesn't feel clunky. Like it, it feels natural of what we're experiencing. Yes, we're having to learn about new characters, but in order to have beloved characters and beloved movies, we, we have to start somewhere. So I get what you're saying, but ultimately Finding Dory doesn't happen without Finding Nemo. And so we need the baseline in Finding Nemo to have Finding Dory. No, I don't disagree with you at all on that. I, I, I think Finding Nemo, when Finding Nemo was a standalone movie, Finding Nemo was a decent movie. But when compared side by side, they do, they, they, they are leap, Dory is leaps and bounds ahead of Nemo. But we're going to get there as to why. So was that your, your first point? No, um, I, that was my rebuttal to you. If, okay. we're, if we're using fancy debate terms. All right. Well, what's your first point? So this is a little bit of a cheap shot. Uh, I'm going to admit that. <laughs> Okay. My first point is that this movie, uh, Finding Nemo, was better reviewed than Finding Dory. So okay. it has a better Rotten Tomatoes score. It's got a better IMDb score. It's got an Academy Award. Finding Dory wasn't even nominated for a, an Academy Award. So just in in my research, now I, I will admit that some of it is splitting hairs because it's not like Finding Dory was a poorly reviewed movie, but it, I think it's overall... It is a better reviewed movie out there from critics and film academy. 
Well, that's a that's good. My only rebuttal to that is this: Finding Nemo grossed nine hundred and forty million dollars. Finding Dory grossed one point oh two nine billion dollars, almost a hundred million dollars more in ticket sales. So I would argue that because of that, Finding Dory is more viewed and therefore made the Walt Disney Company more money. Just saying, just saying. Now, my question on that is: Is that compensated for the twelve year gap? Typically, when they look at Wikipedia stats, they are compensated for inflation. So, yes. Okay, fair enough. I mean, that honestly, that's not the point that I want to try to hang this on because <laughs> I know I got, I got it. It's a technicality. Uh, I almost I looked at that. Yeah. I I almost put that in my initial points. I was like, but that's not why I think it's better. So, anyway, that fair enough. Okay, are you ready for yes. my point okay. number two? Hit it. All right. Finding Dory has better side characters than Finding Nemo. False. When you oh, absolutely, it's true. Uh, when you look at all of the side characters, Destiny, Bailey, the 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 uh, seals, including Gerald, Becky, Hank, you even get a, a cameo of Crush and Squirt. Right, you get better side characters who do more to the plot than Finding Nemo. In Finding Nemo, you get this this, this little little tiny fish in that fish tank who are annoying. The other characters are so much better. I, I, seriously, Destiny is like one of my absolute favorite characters. And Hank, oh my goodness, talk about Hank. Like he was ev- he was everywhere when the movie debuted. He seriously, Hank the Septopus, one of the best side characters there is. Hi, I'm Dory. I'm Name's with- Hank. How sick are you? Sick. I'm sick. Why else would you be in quarantine? Oh no, how long do I have? I have to find All my right, family. Now don't get hysterical. Uh-oh. Not good. What? What is it? What happened? That there is bad news. It's a transport tag for fish who can't cut it inside the Institute. Ooh, see, I have better side characters on on my uh, on my list as well. Really? I think that, yes, um, the I, I, I can't believe you find the tank gang annoying. The tank gang, I think, is a, a like a very funny uh, group of misfits that are in this dentist's office aquarium. I, I think that 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 they're. They're good characters. I think the sharks are very good characters. Oh my God, I can't stand Bruce. Oh my God. He drives me insane. Fish are friends, not food. Like, what is that? Oh my God. Yeah. It's, a, it's a funny play on like uh, they're, they're at this like, rehabilitation meeting. It's, it's, that's, that's funny. That's a good it's bit. Horrible. Let us all say the pledge. I am a nice shark. Not a mindless eating machine. If I am to change this image, I must first change myself. Fish are friends, not food. Um, I do like I do like shark bait hoo ha ha. I do like that. That's fun. That's fun. It got a little annoying, yes. but it's fun. And some of the side characters in Finding Dory just fall flat for me. Like really? Hank, I Hank falls flat for me. I don't know why, but he just it 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 feels like his character's going somewhere and and it just doesn't doesn't feel like it lands really well. I will say from an animation standpoint, he is animated flawlessly. Yeah. The the way that they have him move and camouflage in everyday objects is is amazing. And and that's just a testament to the animators. Mm-hmm. But it, Destiny is another one and Bailey too. They just kind of fall flat for me. They I find them more annoying than side character side characters that really help support the plot. 
Um, I think one of the reasons why I, I, I like them better than the side characters in Finding Nemo, Finding Nemo is very disjointed. You get the plot over here with Nemo and the fish tank, and you get the plot over here with Marlin and Dory. And, and it is this weird, constant back and forth. It stops. It's like, you know, something will happen to Marlin, and then the next thing it'll cut away to Nemo, and you're dealing with him for 10 minutes, and then it'll cut away back to Marlin, and he's waking up or whatever. Where I think with Dory, the reason why I like the side characters more is it's more flawlessly executed. There's not a lot of cutaways. It just it 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 the the, the plot moves with the majority of the characters all together most of the time. Well, just in general, this is not necessarily an argument for or against either movie. Finding Nemo has essentially two congruent plots that are running side by side, and so yeah. you're right. That is going to make it feel a little more disjointed you have to remember what was going on but i mean i've read tons of books like that too whereas Mm -hmm. finding dory is a little bit more compact and even more compact in terms of like time wise i don't mean like literal time but like the amount of time that go that happens in finding nemo versus the amount of time that happens in finding dory there's less time in finding dory so finding dory is definitely your faster paced movie Mm-hmm. Well, actually, just from a from a runtime perspective, it's eight minutes less. So that 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 tells you a little bit about that. Um, okay, so that was that was your one of your points then. Better side characters, right? Yeah, I just think the side characters I just I just like better. I think they. I mean, again, a, a lot of it it seems to be clearly this point is is a matter of opinion because for it, it's interesting that it's we're the exact opposite on that where for me, the side characters in finding Dory just fell flat. Whereas the ones in finding Nemo were great and you're the exact opposite. (laughs) All right. So here's my third point. And this one is a little bit of a cheap shot. I'm not going to lie. Finding Dory is clearly the more visually stunning and better animated movie of the two. Now in fairness, that's a sign of the times it's 13 years later. So the, the the technological uh, innovations and, and and evolution that got Finding Dory where it's at would not have been available during Finding Nemo. But if you even just look at the research, you'll see that the engine they built to do Finding Dory was built specifically for Finding Dory. They did not use the same engine, so that's why it looks that much better. Yes, um, I have no rebuttal to this. You are absolutely correct from a visual standpoint. Finding Dory just looks better. And yeah, it's a sign of the times. But even just in both movies, how they're able to do the ocean is is really amazing. And I I don't think we understand how hard that is to animate. The the reflect I was looking at the reflection when they were in the, the reflection when they're underneath the water. And then there's a point where Marlin and Nemo pop up above the water and finding Dory and the brightness that you see and just how I mean, Mar- just look at the two. Take look at two images of Marlin in Finding Nemo, and then in Finding Dory, and compare the two. It, it's night and day in almost every literal way. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, definitely, it's 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 definitely the visually superior movie. But again, you could argue. I mean, we could go back to the Toy Story and Toy Story episode and go well. Toy Story 4 is a better movie because it, it looks better. Well, yeah, because there's 25 years of animation technology that has increased over time. Correct. All right, what's your next point? My next point, let me pull it up here. I think the movie Finding Nemo has better dialogue. It is a more quotable movie. 
So let me just throw out some quotes for you. You've got, he touched the butt. You've got mine, mine, mine. You've got fish, fish are friends, not food. You have shark bait, hoo ha ha. We've mentioned some of these on on the podcast already. I know what that is. Oh, oh, Sandy Plank and someone. He called. He said it was called a uh, a butt. Oh, wow, that's a pretty big butt. Oh, look at me! I'm gonna go touch the butt. And I I can't think of a line in Finding Dory that like people quote all the time. I mean, I suppose just keep swimming is kind of finding Dory's thing, but it premiered in finding Nemo. So I don't want to necessarily claim that as like a, Oh, that's a you know thing for finding Nemo. But also I wouldn't say that's a thing that is a quote from finding Dory. Cause it's not, it's originated in finding Nemo. I, I just think that, the dialogue is better written and and I think it is especially in the whale part in Finding Nemo where that is a very silly part that feels very natural and I think they did a nice job putting that writing that that portion of the film to make it feel natural still silly but not completely silly all right, so I'm going to rebut and make two of my points all at the same time with this because I think this is one of the reasons why I think Dory is that much better than Nemo. So as I was watching last night, Nate came home halfway through. He came home from work, and we're watching it together, and I was telling him what we were going to do, and these were his exact words to me, and, and I could not agree with him more. Finding Dory is a much more mature movie than Finding Nemo. It has grown as a sequel. And this is, this is like I told you, point number four was the other reason why I like sequels. Sequels, when they are done well, are more mature than their original source material because the audience has grown. The people who know the characters have grown. And so you have to be able to write material that grows along with the audience. Now, I want you to think about this. Finding Nemo debuts 2003. The target audience for Finding Nemo is that, I'd say, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old range is kind of the target audience for that. 13 years later, Finding Dory debuts. So if you take a 10-year-old, how old are they now? They're 23 years old now. They've grown up. They've matured. The What works in Finding Nemo is not going to work in a movie where the audience has matured, just like in Frozen to Frozen 2. We talked about that on the Frozen Phenomenon episode, where what happened in Frozen on to Frozen 2 was a much more mature narrative, mature movie. So that takes me to one of my points. I'm skipping ahead on a couple here, but I want to these are I want to make this point. While I will agree with you that Finding Nemo has better dialogue, I believe that Finding Dory has better either emotional or funny points in it. All I have to do is say these words and they will hearken moments from Not Finding Dory that made you laugh. Gerald Becky or Sigourney Weaver or perhaps moments like the cuddle party from the otters, right? 
all of those moments were significant parts in the movie that made you laugh, made you cry, made you, um, you know, I mean, that first image of, of baby Dory when she's talking to her parents, how adorable baby Dory was. Remember how, how many of those baby Dory plush we had to sell or we tried to sell? Sigourney Weaver, that, that actually was a part in the movie that a lot of people don't realize. So she plays herself in the movie. In other parts of the world, they used other celebrities as themselves with that dialogue, just like they did with Captain America in the journal that we talked about on the MCU podcast. They, they, they had other artists, people or celebrities from all around the world specific to their region who recorded the same dialogue in their language, in their part of the world and made that part of the narrative. So my point is, I think while Nemo does have some of those better and funnier lines, which I would agree with, I think because the movie is a more mature movie and, and, and you've got to meet, meet where your audience is at. I think that, the movie itself is much more mature for people to watch. And then it interjects not just funny lines, but actual moments that resonate with you, whether emotional or funny. The Sigourney Weaver bit is, is good. Is very, very good. Um, there's, there's definitely the, the, Oh, Sigourney Weaver. Like that is a really great bit. Some of the other stuff you said though, like, I don't know, Becky was, Becky's annoying. the star of the movie. Like no, she wasn't. She was hilarious. Like, bird. okay, were you around when we were selling the Finding Dory plush or Finding Dory stuff? I can't remember if you were. If that was 2016, so were you at the Disney store yet? I was tail end, and and maybe this is where some of it comes this from. This was is summer 2016. Had... Summer 2016 yeah. was when this came out. We had every day, every day. Do you have Bucky Becky plush? Do you have Becky plush? Where's the Becky? We didn't have any Becky plush. They should have made Becky plush. She was more popular than Baby Yoda at the time. I mean, obviously, Baby Yoda was around, <laughs> but that's how that's how many requests we got for her. Yeah, see, this is where I my knowledge of Finding Dory from a product standpoint was we had to put on manager special Hank toys because nobody mm-hmm. would buy them. We had I to discount that. them yeah. so heavily because we we, we couldn't sell them. I do want to make a point though, and this was another one of my points. I guess I was making three points in one, but my, 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 they all work together with what you said, which is you, you talked about just keep swimming and speaking whale. I have them right here as my point number six. This is why I think Finding Dory is better than Finding Nemo. While those two things originated in Finding Nemo, Finding Dory does such an amazing job as a sequel. One of the reasons why I love sequels, <laughs> tying it back to, to Finding these things that you learned about Dory and finding Nemo that you tie it back to how she knows them and they tie it and they become a major plot point in this story. So the whole just keep swimming, you learned that her mom taught that to her so she could learn to adapt to her environment. And then the whole speaking will, the way it get, the way you learn that destiny is her pipe friend is the fact that, she says Dory and, and, and they, and you go, wait, what? And then you realize that's where she learned it from. I think from a directoring, directing and writing perspective, that is just brilliant writing, man. Thank you. You're welcome. Wait, say that again. Um, Dory? Yes. Dory. Yes. Dory? Yes. <gasps> Dory! Yes. You and I were friends! No. Dory, it's me, Destiny! You know me? Of course! We'd talk through the pipes when we were little! We were pipe pals! 
Yeah, but the whole speaking whale thing is weird to me because sometimes she has to do the hello and then sometimes she just has to speak normal. So which is it? Do you when when do you have to speak whale and when do you not have to speak whale? Like when this you're is talking, one of my problems. When you're talking in the pipe, that's when you got to do it. <laughs> that's what I got out of it. <laughs> I, I guess, but it, that, like that was just one of the, I think that was one of the things that I didn't like about Destiny's character was it's like, okay, so wait a minute. When when do you have to speak whale versus when do you not have to speak whale? I, I don't know. Like I'm 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 splitting hairs here, but I, I maybe that was one of the things that just fell flat for me. Fair enough. We're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, Matt here. In both of these movies, Finding Nemo and Finding Dory, there's a lot of looking. And they look in all sorts of places and are on a grand adventure. And it takes them a whole movie to find what they're looking for. But if you are looking for great cell phone accessories, look no further than our partners Riss and Cal and the Four Frills cell phone accessories. They just updated their inventory and they've got lots of great new stuff and lots of great new deals as the holidays are coming. So head over to fourfrills.com shop. That is the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S slash shop. And while you're there, if you put in the promo code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S, you're going to get 15% off your purchase. Go in and check them out. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, what's your next okay. point? So um, you talked about emotional moments. And don't get me wrong, both of them, both of these movies have emotional moments. But I think that Finding Nemo has more gut-wrenching, cry-your-eyes-out moments than Finding Dory does. Really? Yes. Um, so, okay. you know, the opening scene you talked about, the one that you yawned through, uh, yeah, that's like Coral uh, getting eaten by a fish and all of her babies getting eaten, and then Marlin discovering this this Nemo and, like, I'm going to take care of you. That is a high emotional moment. Um the high emotional moment when Nemo gets taken, where Marlin is frantically running after him and popping up out of the water, Nemo, Nemo. When Dory, when they they think that Nemo is 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 dead, that he's faking his death for Darla and all this other stuff, and they think he's dead, and Dory gives this speech of like, "When I look at you, I'm I'm home," and that's a gut wrenching moment. And no one's ever stuck with me for so long before. And if you leave, if you leave. I just, I remember things better with you. I do. Look, P. Sherman, 42, 42. I remember it. I do. It's there. I, I know it is because when I look at you, I can feel it. And and I, I look at you and I, I'm home. Then when they finally reunite and Marlon finally has to let go and trust his son Nemo. That's another huge emotional moment. Like you are just taken on this emotional roller coaster. And don't get me wrong, the moment where Dory reunites with her parents, I cried. I I have no shame in that. Like that is a great emotional moment. But I think in terms of spanning an entire movie there's more fantastic emotional moments in finding nemo than finding dory i'm gonna have to disagree with you i am i i did not cry or tear up once with finding nemo i didn't i didn't i i and and i think this is gonna go to my my next point that i'm gonna get to in a minute 
But before I get there, let me rebut this real quick and say that I think with Finding Dory, the reason why I feel there are more emotional moments in there is every time that she flashes back, every time she learns just a little bit more about her life, about who she is, about something she's forgotten, those moments to me take my breath away. They, it's, 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 it's almost like a game of what is she going to remember now and how is that going to play into her environment? It, it, it's subtle cues, subtle things that, that they build into it. Like the whole, you know, best pair of glasses, um, you know, that Bailey has with, with his, uh, you know, with his radar, with his sonar, right. They play that for, 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 minutes for several minutes before you actually see the sign because she's able to read or the moment when she talks about an octopus having three hearts and and she's you know laying into hank you know for someone who has three hearts you're really mean and then you see the sign right you start to see these clues those are and then of course every flashback she has the purple shell mommy loves purple shells you know and then you see how she gets swept away with the undercurrent there are Every time I, I cried more, I teared up more. I was on the edge of my seat more, even watching Finding Dory, even though I've seen it already watching Finding Dory again, after I already know what's going to happen, I was on the edge of my seat the majority of the time, like looking and going, whoa, because it keep it is that suspenseful of a movie. Nemo is predictable. It just, it, it, it follows such a, such a, a regular story arc of, oh my God, kid gets kidnapped. Dad goes to try to find kid. It, it just, it didn't have that resonance with me. So this is what takes me to point number five. So that was my rebuttal. Here's my point. Number five, Dory is a better protagonist than Marlin. Hands down. Marlin is a horrible protagonist. I, Marlin is a miserable creature. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't figure out why one of the biggest reasons why I was not a big fan of Nemo. That's it. You spend half the movie with Marlin, who is a miserable old man. And, and he's too anxious. He's too nervous about the world. His son runs away from him because he's, he's smothering him. But here's the thing. That's not just a Finding Nemo thing. I can't stand Marlin in Finding Dory either. Every part that we, like every time they cut to Marlin and Nemo, it's like, go back to Dory. Dory's a better character. Dory's got a better arc. Dory's got better background. Dory's more interesting. Dory's funnier. And even Nemo can't stand the way that uh, Marlin treats Dory in, in, in Finding Dory. When Marlin says, just go, go forget it. That's what you're best at, right? And Nemo like trolls his dad. You know, a year later, he's grown up a little bit. That's, I think, one of the biggest reasons why Nemo, to me, is just a bleh movie. Because you spend half the movie, or a little bit more than half the movie, with Marlin, and he's just a miserable fish. So this, my rebuttal and my other point kind of go hand in hand. So I'll kind of get to all of it. See, I, right. I enjoy Marlin's arc. I, I understand right. he is a little bit grumpy, but I, I like that my protagonist is not just the, a squeaky clean person. My protagonist has flaws. Yeah, he's grumpy. He's kind of crotchety. He's anxious. Like that, that feels real to me where he's not just this squeaky clean character that started off not squeaky clean and by the end of the movie is squeaky clean. And then in Finding Dory, he's just gotten rid of all his faults. Like you still see the faults there because throughout Finding Nemo, you see him get very frustrated with Dory. 
that that he's kind of stuck with her on this trip and she has short term memory loss and he gets very frustrated and you see that continue on I, that that feels more real to me not that dory doesn't feel real let me let me make that clear but just from a marlin standpoint i i like that he feels a little more real this this is a point that i made in the cars episode and why i didn't like cars 2 and this is a big thing that of the reason why i don't like finding dory as much is movies that are side characters and make side characters the main character just they just do not land for me and while you could argue dory is not as much of a side character i i would argue that in finding nemo the protagonists are marlin and nemo like those are the big characters that you're focusing on and the rest of the characters are more side characters and to say well then do you not like any sequel that's kind of the question that a lot of people ask me it's like well no if you look at frozen 2 a sequel I very much enjoyed. The reason for that is because it continues the story about Anna and Elsa. And now I I don't want to get into like a, well, they should have made a sequel to this movie and focus more on Marlin and Nemo. I I don't think that that's the answer. Uh, This movie where it's just taking a side character and doing another story with them, it just doesn't, it just doesn't land for me. And some of that I know is a personal thing that there's not necessarily any fact-based evidence I can give on this. It's more just like a personal thing where I don't want to see a main, a main movie about a side character. They made a movie called Kronk's new groove. It should be burned and never watched ever again because Kronk is not a good main character. He is a great side character. My argument to that, though, Matt, would be that I, I would agree with you that there are some side characters that sh- movies should never be made made out of. You know, you made the point on the Cars the Cars podcast when my, when my brother was on that. You know, you wouldn't make a you know the you know a Sebastian movie from The Little Mermaid, right? He's a good side character, but I think that this is one of those cases where, and you made the point when you were trying to you were kind of trying to preface your way out of it, but you really can't. Dory's as much a part of Finding Nemo as Marlin is. Dory, I'd have to go and see objectively how many lines Dory has versus Marlin has in Finding Nemo. But if I were a betting man, I would bet that Dory's lines are right up there close to Marlin's and probably more than Nemo's. So, So that said, I don't really count Dory as a side character in Nemo. If anything, I think that movie is more of a buddy movie. It's more of a buddy movie between Marlin and Dory. Marlin is the the bad cop. Dory's kind of the good cop. It's almost it's a buddy cop movie in a lot of ways from my perspective. And so what you do is you branch out and you bring Dory into her own kind of infamy and make her a breakout star uh, in her own movie. And I think it plays. I think it plays really well because, again, I think Dory is a much more interesting character than Marlon. Now, to your point, that's completely subjective. But I think, though, your assessment that she was a side character in the first movie, I don't think that's accurate. I think that I think I think she was as much a main character in the first movie as Marlon was. Yeah, I mean, definitely she's a side character that is if you call her a side character, she's borderline protagonist like you can't say like she's a side character like bruce the shark is like that i was gonna say that, that if you put a movie about bruce the shark then i'd, I'd be with you because it just it wouldn't yeah. work right or or even like crushed 
or Crush. I, honestly, actually, Crush being a side character, I could see a really fun TV show, you know, Crush's Adventures in the Sea or something. That could be kind of fun, you know, but not a movie. Like, I could see a little, you know, individual docu-series or something from that. But I just, I don't see Dory, I, I see Dory as, as more of a main character in that, so... How many yeah, more definitely. I don't want to see not, a Bruce got, the Shark movie. That's for no, sure. I don't either. It's just a whole be a movie fully of them in the in the meetings the whole time. <laughs> um, just how it's many, just meetings the entire time. Yeah, right. Seriously, Bruce the Shark in a fish not food meeting. Bruce the Shark in an Alcoholics Anonymous movie. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> all right. How many points you got left? I've got two. I've got one more. So go ahead with okay. go ahead with yours. All right. So I'm going to go with my point number eight, which is. I think one of the reasons why I think Finding Dory is a better movie is that I like the environment it takes place in. I like the Marine Life Institute. It feels like Animal Kingdom. It feels like Shed's Aquarium. It feels like that theme park atmosphere. And there's something very welcoming and safe about being inside of a theme park. And I'm not going to lie. Sigourney's Weaver's voice, as much as we joke it, it, as much as we joke about it, it is, it makes me feel calm when you hear her voice. Welcome to the Marine Life Institute. You know, it, it, it just has, it, you know what it actually feels like is it has Jurassic Park before Jurassic, before the dinosaurs run crazy. It has that kind of feel to it. It's got the, you know, we're, we're putting nature on display for you. And I like that. I've got a free willy Jurassic Park animal kingdom vibe going versus the crazy wild that Marlin and Dory are going through in Finding Nemo. See, I, I'm once again, the exact opposite where I like the Marine Life Institute as the setting. But I also very much like the dichotomy that the two plots have in Finding Nemo, where it's the entire ocean. Like Marlin and Dory are spanning the entire ocean to try to find Nemo. And then by way of contrast, Nemo is now stuck in this little aquarium in the middle of a dentist's office and coming to terms with what that means and everything. And and so the setting, the setting for finding Nemo where it, it, it spans a little bit more, I think makes a lot of the set pieces a little bit more interesting. Whereas once you're in the Marine, Marine life Institute, it's yeah, we're in the Marine life Institute and that's it. See, I think a lot of this goes back to, you know, we had that conversation about um, kingdom hearts in how I'm not a huge fan of open world gameplay. I like self-contained um, worlds. I think that's where some of the spawns from for me. I like, I like boundaries. I like being able to see and only see in front. Like I don't like endless world in front of me. I like having a wall in front of me. I feel more comfortable when it's closed in like that. That makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah I mean that, that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What's your final point, buddy? So again, this is another subjective thing, but I, but it's still a big reason why I don't like it is the Finding Nemo is fish doing fish things where they're swimming around. And I mean, probably the most outlandish thing that happens is the whole dentist office scene. And even that feels like they're still like kind of doing fish things. Whereas Finding Dory gets into the fish doing human things and it my suspension of disbelief gets broken at times. So like the stroller thing, 
it's a good bit that Hank is driving this stroller. I- I'm sorry, the octopus is not going to be driving a stroller around. A phantom stroller's running around and like security isn't called. Like, if a child is in that stroller, you better bet security is wrangling that. And and also, the octopus or sorry, the septopus drives a car. And the truck then is driving down the highway and going into a river. I'm like, what in the world is happening? This is this is just this is just nonsense. It's it's funny. Don't get me wrong. It just I, I want to see fish doing fish things, not fish trying to do human things. That's that's not that just takes me out of it. Yeah, that, that that's that's fair. I, I I will give you that one. I I do, but you know what? It didn't feel out of place for me. I mean, it's not on my list as a reason why I like the movie, but it didn't. I can definitely I can definitely see why you would say that. It, it again the the whole scene of them driving the car I think is hilarious. Uh, by the way, oh, it's uh, very funny. A, a fun fact about that scene too. So the voice of Nemo in Finding um in Finding Nemo was Alexander Gold. Obviously, 13 years later, his voice would have changed. He would have matured. So they replaced him with a gentleman named Hayden Rollins, who, by the way, is actually um, from Aurora, Illinois. That's neither here nor there, but just thought I'd throw that out there. But they actually did give Alexander Gold a um, cameo in in Finding Dory. He actually played one of the truck drivers. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, that that, that'd be that'd be hard to do him because what he would be like twenty two. His voice yeah, would have dropped absolutely. a couple octaves. A little bit, a little bit. So, all right, I've got one more point, and this one's going to be a little emotional because this isn't necessarily just from my perspective. And I, I've heard many people, many many people, talk about this point and one of the reasons why Dory um, to them means so much. Dory represents those kids out there, boys and girls, and even adults who potentially have an emotional or cognitive disability that has prevented them from being able to do something in their life. And the line at the end, when Jenny is talking to Dory and she says to Dory, you know, you found us, you found us in your own little Dory way. You figured out a way to overcome it and you found us. I have heard so many parents, so many people of children who have, again, those emotional, those cognitive, those learning disabilities say that this Dory in her own way ends up becoming a role model for those children who know that they struggle with certain things, but have the ability to overcome them or to figure out ways to manage them. And I that this, this goes back to my point early on, which is this is why I think Dory in so many ways is so much more of a mature movie. Because not only do you get the comedy, not only do you get the animation, not only do you get the 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 you know the adventure story, but you get a role model in Dory who, you know, is able to overcome this part of her life that has been such a big part and manage it in her own way. And so when you see, when you pull back from the movies, what I end up seeing is Nemo is a good old fashioned kids movie. Dory is a kids movie with many adult themes that people who are in their twenties and thirties and forties and beyond can also watch and take away so much more where Nemo, you get some Uh, of that Dory. You don't or Dory. You get more. 
I've forgotten you, and I'm so sorry. Dory, 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 don't you dare be sorry. Look, look what you did. What? You found us. That's right. You found us. Honey, honey, why do you think we stayed put here all these years? Because we believed one day you'd find us again. Exactly. I have no rebuttal on this one. I, I'm going to actually uh, belabor this point because it's a point that needs to be belabored. The idea that in finding Dory, Dory doesn't like get fixed. And yeah. I, you can't see the air quotes that I'm using, but I'm using them where she doesn't mean. magically uh, stop having short-term memory loss. Her personality does not go under a drastic change. She is who she is but that doesn't mean that she uses that as a crutch she figures out her own way of doing things and for a lot of people and you see this with marlon he's very frustrated by that it's frustrating to him Mm -hmm. that dory does it in her own special way but ultimately that's the way she's going to do it and finding dory says that's okay (laughs) that's how you should do it. You should not try to do things the way everyone else does it because you're not like everybody else and that's okay. And that is something that I very much appreciated about Finding Dory that, like you said, a person with a cognitive disability or an emotional disability is going to interact with the world differently and Finding Dory says, that's okay. You can still do amazing things even though you have something that is different about you. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of this, you know, we've obviously exhausted our point. There's no right answer to this, Matt. You're going to have your view on this. I'm going to have my, I don't think I changed your view and I'm fairly certain. I know you didn't change mine. That said, th- th- both movies are good movies. I mean, fine. And I think I alluded to this a little bit earlier, which was, when Finding Nemo was a standalone movie before Finding Dory, I probably held Finding Nemo. In fact, I know I did. I held Finding Nemo in a much higher regard. But when you then compare it to something, that, in my opinion, again, maybe it's not yours, but in my opinion, is a better quality of a similar movie, you then say, oh, I can see what was lacking there. I And I'm curious to know, and maybe, I don't know if you'll know this or not, but do you think your view of Finding Nemo is clouded at all by the fact that you're a parent and maybe you relate to Marlon a little bit more? Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's a big part of it, that the emotion that he experiences losing his child is definitely one that I more emotionally connect with, connect with as a parent. And actually, this was the first time that I had watched this movie in a while. So mm-hmm. because this movie came out, I believe I was like 13 This was the movie that we watched in school all the time. By the way, speaking of that, Nemo is the number one selling DVD of all time. Wow. Yeah. DVD sales. Holy cow. DVD sales of all time. (laughs) I came across that. But see that right there. We've talked about this theory before where the movies that you grow up with at certain times in your life have certain resonance. So if you were 13, you were right on the cusp of that demographic for you know, a 13 year old boy. I could see that where in 2003 for me, I was second year in college, you know? So 
different different time of my life, right? So I think in that regard, it's a little bit different. I also think you know there's a bigger argument, and we don't have time for it today because we're 45 minutes into this episode. I think there's a bigger argument to be made that this is why Disney resonates with so many people because you can watch different movies at different points of your life, watch the same movie at you know when you're this age and this age and this age, and they change the way you. Well, that was the big thing. That was the big thing that I noticed is because I watched it so much in that like 13, 14 age, I I didn't watch it for the longest time because frankly, I was just sick of the movie. It was a good movie. I was just sick of it. Mm -hmm. And so this was really the first time that I've watched it in a long time. And yeah, definitely the parental stuff resonated with me more. Yeah. It's like, it's like watching the little mermaid when you're a teenager, you resonate, you know, you definitely relate to Ariel, but when you're a, uh, you know, in your twenties or thirties, you totally relate to King Triton going, Oh my God, she's a teenager. You know, it's just, it's, it's the same kind of idea, but so That's yeah, we're, I know you're old. <laughs> we are 46 minutes into it. The bartender's looking at us going, Holy smokes. You know, so this is where we're going to put some polls up um, in the group Again, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but we are curious to know uh, what is your favorite of the two? And did either of us change your mind in any way? Did we make some good points? Did we miss a point? You know, I think we were fairly exhaustive, but, you know, there could be something we completely missed on why it's your favorite, which one or the, or the, or the other. Um, so please, you know, interact with us a little bit on our social media channels, which Matt, what are they? Yeah, so our Facebook group, Beers and Ears Podcast, definitely join on up. We got just over 400 members. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, Beers Ears 1928. Uh, we'll definitely be throwing up polls on there as well, so definitely interact with us there. You can also send us an old fashioned email, Beers and Ears 1928 at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Yeah, if we missed any points, if one of us convinced you. I, we're, uh, honestly, it's a. this isn't like a oh I want to like rub it in Casey's face that I was right (laughs) on which was the better movie I'm genuinely curious yeah I agree I I, I think and this is what makes what I love about our show is we can have a very good spirited debate which is what this was and still walk away with our thoughts and our opinions but you know I, I totally can see where you're coming from and I'm hoping you can see where I'm coming from and yet we can still you know appreciate both films for what they are so Oh yeah, a lot of it is just a matter of preference. So yeah, yep, absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. All right, my friends, uh, we are going to go ahead and raise our glasses. This episode has been on us. Remember, new episodes on Tuesdays and on Fridays. We will see you again real soon. And just keep swimming. Bye, everyone.